And welcome back to the Delaware Boys Dynasty Football Podcast. The boys are back in town. Fellas, say what's up to the people. What's up, people? How are we doing tonight? Uh, boys, welcome back. <laughs> oh, Ryan, you cracked me up, man. But anyway, uh, just some, just two, two seconds to take out of your time. Exciting news. Uh, Variety Sports Network out of the Midwest. They uh, wanted to collaborate with some of our content, um, so we'll be posting our podcast to their to their stream as well. Uh, they can be seen globally, Podbean, Spotify, uh, a couple other podcast sites that I can't remember, um, but just check out their page. Our content is now on there. Also cool for AJ, they are St. Louis Cardinals fans. Uh, just want to pull that out there. Um, Go Birds. So we play Superflex a lot. Um, but before Superflex, running backs were king. Running backs are how you won fantasy football. Um, so we got a this or that edition coming up. Um, Strictly running back edition. It's my favorite position in fantasy football. Can't wait to talk about it. Um, but we're going to start it off with a couple old heads, uh, guys that will probably be phased out of the league in a couple of years. Uh, let's throw it up there, Fournette or Zeke. I want to hear get, from the book. you get a quick timeout, though? What's up? We're on fucking Podbean now. We are on Podbean. Yeah, I said that. Yeah. Oh, I must have grazed them down on that one. Yeah, but <laughs> – Buddy, uh, you, mentioned, you mentioned their pod beam, but didn't say anything about ours. I didn't think my bad. Yeah, I did. We're I'm gonna say we, it's it's an affiliation, bro. <laughs> my fault. But anyway, back to it. Fournette Zeke. Let's hear from the Bucks fan first, man. What do you got for us? Um, me personally, I'm I'm gonna go with Fournette. Um, I'm I've, I've always been a big Fournette guy coming out of LSU. I think uh, I wish I could have saw his whole career in Jacksonville because that first two years he was, uh, he was pretty fantasy relevant there. And then he had some locker room issues kind of fanned out there with the coaches. Um, then when he went to Tampa, he acted like a diva at first and only played uh, the last few games of that season, entered that playoff run last year. We finally got to see a full season with playoff one, even though he did miss, I think three games towards the back end of the regular season. Uh, he kind of limbered into the playoffs as well. But um, with him and Brady last year, I mean, he was dynamic. He was a top six, seven running back all year. I mean, they always found a way to get him into the end zone. I mean, Brady, he just nickel and dimes down the field, stretches the field here and there. And Fournette was perfect for that. I, I don't remember off the top of my head how many catches the man had. I mean, it's close to 70. Um, 69, you were one 69. I mean, that's a hell of a lot of catches out of a running back. I mean, it's got to be top three in the league last year behind Najee and Eckler. Um, but, I mean, yeah, we, we lost some offensive line pieces due to free agency and injury already. That doesn't help his case. Add in Rashad White. Um, Rashad White's going to catch a lot more passes, I think. So, I do, look, I do see some uh, regression out of Fournette there. But um, give me give me Fournette over Zeke. I like Zeke. I'm always a Zeke guy. Um but I think they're going to do a lot of two running back sets there with Pollard. They're going to put Pollard on the field. They got every time he gets the ball, he makes a big play. Um, but just just give me Fournette. I guess you can call me a homer. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Zeke on that side. Go ahead, Billy. Yeah. My bad. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, go ahead. Proceed. No, yeah. So I'm I'm gonna take Zeke on that um, guy who's never finished below. RB 13 in his position. And that's a season in which he played 10 games. Uh, he's never averaged below four yards a carry in his career. 
Um, last year, he actually had a career low in touches as far as rushing attempts. He had 300 or 237, um, but his yards per carry went up from 4.01 in 2021 to or 2020 to 4.23 in 2022. So he was able to get a lot more yardage plus the touchdowns. Zeke is going to be a touchdown monster this year. Uh, Jerry Jones has already come out a couple times and say their offense has to run through Zeke. And I don't know about you guys, but when your boss comes down and tells you you got to do something, typically you do it. So if Jerry Jones coming down to the field house and saying, hey, guys, we got to get Zeke involved, guess who's probably going to be pretty involved in that offense. So I know everybody's talking about Tony Pollard getting a lot of catches since they have all those targets vacated. But, I mean, Zeke had almost 50 catches last year. And, I mean, that was an offense loaded with pass catchers. So I think there's nowhere to go but up for Zeke in terms of target share as far as carries go. I think he's going to probably stay around that 240 range for his carries, um, but I can see him maintaining an efficient four yards of carry and, and topping 10 touchdowns again. So I'm going to go Zeke all day over Fournette. I personally think if you can grab Zeke in the third or fourth round like he's been going, then that's a that's an awesome deal for you. Yeah, uh, I think I'm it, taking Zeke for sure. Um, I think it's not that close for me. I think uh, you, if you're looking at a dynasty perspective only, I think Fournette could potentially only have one more great year with Tom Brady. And then it's kind of question marks after that. Um, Zeke's going to have Dak probably the rest of his career, going to be in a high-powered offense the rest of his career. Um, a lot of people were concerned about Tony Pollard, Jared, or Frank, you already mentioned. But we already saw that last year with Pollard involved, and he still finished as a top-10 running back. Given it was a down year for a lot of running backs, um, I think the number one running back was Taylor, who averaged 22 points per game, which is like a career low for running backs, average per game for RB1. So it's, that's fair. But at the same time, Zeke has a drive to be a Hall of Famer. He wants to top 8,000 yards. Um, I think he can do it in that offense and continue to do what he's doing. Targets are going to come this year. Um you can see uptick in Pollard catches, but at the same time, with somebody vacated, why not Zeke getting a little bit more too at the same time? I mean, they love him, Cowboys. Jerry Jones is in love with him since he drafted him, whatever overall, like what, four overall? No, three, I think. Four. Three four. or four, yeah. Four, he was four. Four overall. So, like, when's the last time we ever saw running back that other than like Barkley? Fournette. Fournette did it. <laughs> I was going to say Fournette was – I'm pretty sure Fournette the year before he was – Fournette was number four overall. Uh, That's what I was thinking of. Yeah, I was about to say Fournette okay. went fourth. I know that. kind of grouped together. Yeah, and Gurley was also another one that went first round. Top ten. He went, he went, he went ten. ten. He yeah, went he went ten. ten. Yeah. Gurley went top yeah. ten. So. He should, he's the one that should have went in the top five but didn't. He fell way too far. Yeah, there was other Gurley, needs. Yeah. There was other needs in that draft. Yeah. That was a good draft. But that's, that's where it always pans out. So yeah, Zeke is just Zeke's a monster, and he's absolutely shattered my fifteen hundred roll, which kind of fuck him for that. But at the same time, <laughs> only one down season, he still finishes the top fifteen running back. So he's literally the definition yep. of distance through his whole career. Yeah, he's definitely consistent. Yeah, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna sway it back. I'm gonna go Fournette here. Um. I only go Fournette because I actually saw last season his most efficient season in the NFL. Um, four and a half yards per carry on almost 190 touches. Granted, it's not the 270 touch mark we're used to seeing in Jacksonville that he had for three years. I get it. But he, like you said, he also had 70 catches. Um, to me, Brady's a guy that he wants a back in the backfield that he trusts. 
Um, Fournette, he had Fournette has his back. I mean, you don't get the nickname playoff Lenny for nothing. I mean, you know, I mean, you guys want a Super Bowl together. Cool. Give me, give me Fournette. It's and it's not, it's not relative, it's relatively close for me between these two. Um, because I see Zeke having a monster season. Um, other than the suspension year, he's never finished outside of RB1 status. So it's hard to bet against Zeke in any format. Um, but everybody's excited about Rashad White, and I, I understand it, but I, I don't see how Fournette doesn't touch the ball 285 plus times this season. So I'm going to go with that. I, I think he can continue that elite efficiency that he showed us last season. I think 285 is a little high. Uh, I see more around 250. Closer, really, probably 240. But um, 190 carries and 70 targets is what? I think the targets come down. That's my thing. But the touch, but the running back touches can go up. Like, I mean, we'll see how it works out. I, I just like, I like Fournette a lot going into this season. So I don't think that, and you can ask AJ this. I don't know if you'll meet a person that was a bigger Leonard Fournette fan coming out of uh, college. Uh, I literally, we, AJ and I were in a dynasty league that year. I traded all of, basically all of my picks to get up to number one to draft. It was like five picks. Yeah. Like I traded five picks in a rookie draft to move up, to get to Leonard Fournette. So I'm a plus plus Devontae Freeman, I believe. I'm pretty sure he was in it, but it was after his career year after he catapulted (laughs) into the abyss. But my thing is everybody's hyping up Lenny Fournes for having 70 catches last year. He only managed to turn those 70 catches into two touchdowns and touchdowns are King in fantasy football. Leonard Fournette had 10 total touchdowns last year. Zeke had 10 rushing touchdowns last year. So I understand everybody being down on Zeke because of the Tony Pollard thing and maybe some of the injury history Zeke started to rack up with the touches he's had. I just, I don't see a world where Zeke finishes outside of a top 12 running back again. Like I, he's going to be an RB one in my personal opinion, no matter what happens with the Cowboys. So I just give me, give me Zeke a hundred times out of a hundred out of the stake. I don't think either of them finished outside the top ten. I think I think they're both four. That was like six. One six. Zeke was seven. I'm saying 2022. I think they both have top ten seasons. I think that's fair. I just think Leonard Fournette came on very strong at the end of the year to put that top ten season together. Uh, I don't. He missed the last. He missed games at the end of the year. Okay, but didn't he have a very solid (laughs) like? Yeah, he he went bananas. He had 17, 13, and 19. And then got hurt, I think. Yeah. So, I mean, he – and that, those are point totals, not yards. So, I mean, right, and I think – also again, go ahead. We're talking about the Tony Pollard thing. I love the subtraction of Ronald Jones for Fournette. I really do. Uh, Fournette, you know, at times Ronald Jones, they didn't know who they wanted their guy to be. They, you know, that backfield, you didn't know who to trust in that backfield certain weeks. But once Fournette was named the guy, he was the guy. And I want to see him in 2022 as the guy playing with Tom Brady. That's what I'm excited for. No, that's fair. And not to go too long on these two running backs, but do you guys also think that the uh, Buccaneers propensity to bring in all these pass catchers this offseason is going to take away from that target share for Leonard Fournette in terms of passing? I mean, they just brought in Gage and Julio. They still got uh, what's that white boy's name on their team? Scotty Miller is irrelevant right now. But I think, yeah, he's just saying it's another pass catcher, another pass catcher mouth to feed. I mean, you had the mouths there to feed anyway. You lose AB. You didn't, you know, you didn't expect. You lost Gronk. You lost Gronk. I mean, Goblin's hurt going into the end of the year. You had to, you had to bolster the wide receiver corpse going into it. I think that was more to do that. 
Um, but, of course, I do think it can hurt Fournette in certain ways as well. But, I mean, like I said, I think it's going to be a great year for both. Um, so, I think you can lock them in this season as running back ones regardless. Fair enough. Oh, Lord, AJ, who we got next? Javante and Swift. So we start, the, with, start with Frankie on this one. Yeah, two of the young guns, man. <laughs> two of the young guns. Yeah, so I've been on this pod for however long we've been doing this pod, and I've been riding the Javante Williams train. Shit, I've been the conductor of the Javante Williams train for the most part. But it's me, baby. What I'm going to say is at this point in the offseason, give me Swift over Javante. And that is not a take that I thought I would come to this season or this offseason. But I hate every single report that I'm hearing out of Denver when it comes to this backfield. I, I When they first signed Melvin Gordon, I didn't think it was going to be that big of a deal. I didn't think it would cut into Javante too much. And then basically every report that's come out since then has stated the, the opposite of that. I just saw a report today stating that they wanted to limit the touches of both of the running backs. Uh, I don't really know how that's possible if you're and other than just not giving them carries at all. Um, I know Javante and Gordon both had the same amount of carries last year, and obviously Javante was substantially more efficient with those carries. Um, but again, if we're just talking between Swift and Javante right now, um, I'm going to go with Swift. Like AJ said uh, before we got on the show here, Javante had a, a top 15 season last year in terms of uh, PPR for running backs. So I, and that was not even playing all 17 games. He only played 13 games and still managed to pull out a, an RB2 season, a high-end RB2 season. Um, so I'm going to roll with Swift on this. I know I've been, again, the conductor of the Javante Williams train and also the conductor of the zero Detroit Lions train. But at this point in the offseason, the reports are the reports and the, the training camp videos are the training camp videos. I'm going to roll with Swift on this one over Javante. Fair enough. Yeah. I'm with I'm with you. Um, I'm taking Swift as well, just uh, based off of his pass catching alone. I love both of these running backs. I turned did a whole 360 on Javante. I'll be the first one to admit that on here. Um, I've watched a lot of uh, I wouldn't call it tape. I'm not a tape guru, but a lot of you know small videos online here and there. Listen to a lot of stuff this offseason. This definitely swayed my mind. These three have swayed my mind. But, I mean, it, it, it kind of reminds me of, like, all the off-season stuff that they've been saying the last couple of weeks of when Jonathan Taylor broke in. They're like, we're going to do a 50-50 with Marlon Mack. Granted, Marlon Mack got hurt. But before he got hurt, they started feeding right into Taylor because when he got the ball, the, the, it was something different on that field. The energy was just different. He was faster. He was making bigger plays. The way he jumps up, he's just like, let's go. Get on my back. And Javante, a little bowling ball, kind of reminds me of MJD. Uh, young guys don't know who that is. Maurice Jones-Drew, I mean, he was a beast. I mean, his little, he had the biggest quads in the whole league. I mean, that man was hard to tackle. He was breaking three tackles every run. Javante's a little Javante, taller than MJD, but yeah. I, really, I, I don't know that. their height, but I mean, it's. I think it's similar. Maybe a little Ray Rice-esque, but – um, I like what I'm seeing out of Javante. I think it's – I've seen a report where it's 70-30 to Javante. I've seen 55-45 split carries. I think they're just going to learn. If they get momentum, it's going to be because of Javante. Um, so they, they got to roll with him. But 
to sway back to Swift, I mean, 62 catches last year, not even playing every game. I think he had seven or eight touchdowns total last year between rushing and seven. receiving. Um, his, his, I don't think he's averaged under four yards a carry. I mean, the yeah, offensive not. line's a top ten line in the NFL. I mean, Penny Sewell is going to be an all pro for years Taylor to Decker. come. All Taylor pro, Decker, right? Right. I Listen, mean, I know everybody's talking about Chase over Sewell from last year's draft, but that's looking real good for the Lions right now. Sewell's a beast. He he, he doesn't move. He, nope. he literally does not move. He's a wall. They got good passing options, so they, they're not going to be able to dedicate everybody to watch Swift out of the backfield, Addison, adding Jamison and adding DJ Shark. St. Brown came on at the end of the year. They got Hawkinson still emerging. They, they got good weapons. They don't have a quarterback. But that's perfect for Swift. Dump the ball off. I'm not, if, if he's healthy, I think anything below 75 catches is a disappointment. Um, I mean, I think that's realistic. So you're on Swift for the pass catching upside, not the rushing upside. I think Devontae's going to be better. He's going to get anywhere from 1,100 to 1,300 rushing yards. Swift oh, no, will yeah. Right, I just Swift mean Swift will be right around 800, 900 rushing yards. I think Devontae's a much pure, pure runner than Swift is through the tackles. Swift can definitely improve running through the tackles. I mean, you get him on the outside, he's hard to get. He makes one cut and he's jumping out of your way. Javante is just going to run you the hell over, but Swift alone is is just pass catching is what you want out of a fantasy running back. Look at the top running backs outside of JT; it's always pass catching running backs. Um. So listen, uh, all respect to DeAndre Swift. I've had Javante as my RB two for Dynasty since last year. Um, I'm a big ACC guy, big Hokies fan, so I watched a lot Ooh. of. Uh, I watched a lot of Javante, and uh, I loved what I saw in college. So I was going to translate well. It did. Um, did I cut out? No, you're good. Your oh, okay. video cut, but your audio is good. Um, here's the thing. He finished – what was it, RB – I don't have it pulled up. I think it was 17. What was it? RB 17. Yeah, 17. With a Drew Locke offense, which was – terrible you get a quarterback upgrade in Russ which I think skyrockets them to probably a top 10 offense this year to be honest um I don't see how he doesn't get better I don't think that they're going to split 50 50 again all these uh like reports and videos and all this stuff um how much of it is really like smoke screen for like the rest of the teams in the league like I don't I I just tend not to listen to that stuff right now um the reports the 70 30 split seem more realistic to me than a 50-50 split again this year. Um, they went out, paid the draft capital to get Javante. Um, to be honest with you, watching him play last year, he uh, some of the only explosive plays out of the Denver offense was almost all Javante Williams. He carried somebody on his back for like 15 yards. Like <laughs> We're looking at a guy that's like a true workhorse back, which is kind of rare nowadays. Um, Melvin Gordon coming back didn't really doesn't really bother me. I mean, I think he does deserve a roster spot somewhere. The fact that he sat in free agency for so long, I think the Broncos were kind of just like, okay, well, why not bring him back? You know, he already knows the offense. Uh, he's just a plug-in running back. Uh, 
I, I love so the, how do you feel about him as a vulture for Javante? Because he had 10 total touchdowns last year to Javante's eight. And I know that's only two touchdowns, but Melvin Gordon had eight rushing touchdowns to Javante's six. So no, how do you feel fair. about that? I just I I don't know. I just think the switch is gonna flip the other way this year. Um that's fair. Javante was a good pass catcher. Touchdowns. I'm not saying Melvin Gordon can't end up with like six, seven, and then Javante splits to the side with like nine or ten. It's very real possibility, and he is going to sneak some touchdowns in from him. But uh, can you see kind of like a Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt year with Javante being Nick Chubb? I don't know. Uh, maybe. I don't know. I don't know what the exact split was when uh, Chubb and Kareem were there, but I could see a similar situation. But with Russ being there, I think they're going to let Russ cook a little bit. So. <laughs> I think it would be a dynamic offense. Um, I'm just excited to see Javante full go. And even if I have to wait another year, so be it. Melvin um, Gordon is 29 years old. He's an And old on a one-year deal. On a one-year deal on top of that. So worst case scenario, you wait another year. Um, I have no hate for Swift, though. He's one of the best pass-catching running backs in the league. In the league and I have him right behind Javante on my rankings. Yeah. So it's not like we're, we're like far apart on this. It's just, <laughs> I'm a big Javante guy, and I'm not going to let these reports and videos and all this stuff leaking out before preseason even starts get into my head. They can't find the laces. And just to be fair, I am still a huge Javante Williams guy. I just want to clear that up real quick. I just in the in this particular exercise, I'm yeah. taking Swift over right. Williams. They're going right around. People that are taking a running back in that area, you're choosing between the two more than likely. Yeah, yeah. more often than not. What you got, Chalmers? Who you taking? Uh, these are my running backs three and four in Dynasty. Um, I actually have a Swift three, Javante four. Um, like I said, no disrespect to Javante because this cat is special. This dude is going to be an absolute. Who do you have at two, by the way? Najee. Fat I just wanted to, I just wanted to hear you say it. I'm sorry. <laughs> but anyway, um, no disrespect to Javante because this dude is special. Um, dude's built like a bowling ball, and he, he runs a 4-5. Like, he, you know, I mean, you wouldn't expect this guy. He played with Michael Carter in North Carolina. You wouldn't expect this guy to be good for 40, 50 catches. Split backfield last year, he had 43 catches. He's absolutely different. I watched him carry Marlon Humphrey 25, 30 yards down the field like a baby in a cradle. He's he's different. There's no question about it. Um, but in these leagues that we play in today, especially these PPR leagues, these guys that are good for 60 to 80 catches consistently, they are league winners. Uh and I don't think because Swift's first year, he was a four and a half yards of carry. Um, last year, it dipped down to about 4.1. I think you're going to see him back in the middle around 4.3, three, four, three and a half. Um, with this offense, this line, I think I think it's easy for Swift as well. Um, pass catchers are on the outside. Um, I don't see all the focus going to Swift. Um, I think he's going to have an easier time running the ball than most will. And mixing mix in the passing pedigree and the passing work, um, I think Swift – is locked in as a, you know, top five to seven running back. He he was a top five running back through 13 weeks last year. He finishes the full 17 games. He finishes running back five. Average almost 16 and a half points per game in fantasy. Give me, give me Swift. Fair enough. So three, three Swifts and one Javante on this one. I would love to stand alone on this one. <laughs> You stand you alone. Know, you, can't know, go wrong. you know I've been with you all offseason, man. Yeah. But them them reports are I know you said they're not letting you're not letting them get to you, but they got to me, man. Them things are scary. 
Man, one quick thing. Did you? Mark couldn't see the laces last year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, quick. Fair. You said you watched a lot of ACC games. Please tell me you remember the North Carolina Miami game when Javante and Michael Carter both went for over 200 yards. Uh, that game was the most insane <laughs> game I felt like I ever watched out of a running back duo on college, in college. Yeah, no, it was nuts. It seemed like every other thing is just fucking uh, – here's the quarterback. Sam Howell just – Yeah, like – Every other play. <laughs> I was like, which one was that? Because you didn't really know of them. I mean, you knew of them, but you didn't know what they were yet. Yeah. Miami was like ranked like 11th. North Carolina wasn't shit. And you're like, oh, these running backs are legit. Put them on the radar, yeah. <laughs> right off rip. But, Deli, to be to be fair with you, I do think you're right, and I do think Javante uh, split load is like 65-35. And if that is the case, Javante is a league winner as well. Yeah. I want to give your boy credit because he this is my six this is my sixth share of Javante Williams, and this is my fifth share of DeAndre Swift. So it's pretty split for me on both sides of it. And what's nice about it is in, in redraft leagues, Javante is going in late thirds. Yeah. Swift yeah. is going mid-second. Yeah, so, so in Javante redraft, and, if you can get Javante that say, late, yeah. dude, like you said, that's a league winner. Obviously, in Dynasty, we're talking going redraft, much higher. Give me Javante because he's, you get much better value on Javante in a redraft right now than you are in, in a Dynasty startup. But, right, yeah, right. Give, me, dynasty, give me – I just wanted to throw that out there. You're getting him later. Absolutely. That's, absolutely. that's nice value for Javante. Most likely, you're getting him as your RB2. And, I mean, that's nice. Love Javante here on this pod. Um, I'm not even going to talk about this one. Um, Dalvin Cook. Uh, Kamara or Dalvin Cook? I'm going to say Dalvin Cook, and I'm not saying a single word. We all know that you're going to go Dalvin Cook. I hate Alvin Kamara. No signals. Listen. (laughs) You can hate Alvin Kamara all you want to hate Alvin Kamara. I hate Alvin Kamara. What you're really telling us is that you hate good football players. Because Alvin Kamara has never finished worse than RB9 in PPR. So you're talking about a – go ahead, AJ. No, Stephen, I do want you to elaborate on this. Go ahead and tell us why you choose Dalvin over Kamara. Yes, please. Please. I want to hear it. Why do the I? The people want to hear. The people that that like Kamara want to know why not to choose Kamara. Uh, the thing about me with Kamara is, um, I never like running backs that can't handle a full running back workload. Um, he never saw 200 carries in a single season until a certain amount of time. I think it, I don't even know if he saw 200 carries last year. He might have actually. Now that I say about it, Dalvin Cook never played more than 14 games. What are you talking just, about? A full what I'm workload? saying is. Hold on. So this is what I'm saying. So this, is, so this was year one. Listen to what I'm telling you. This is year one after the Drew Brees retirement. Um, I always thought Brees made Kamara. I'm just going to be completely honest with you. You saw without you saw without Brees, he was inefficient. He went under four yards of carry. Uh, catches dropped. Same thing like that. Like I knew once Brees was retired, Brees was Kamara was Brees's safety blanket. To be honest with you, Jameis likes to push the ball down the field. I didn't like the pairing. That's just me. I've always, always, I always told you this. After Breeze retired, I don't like Kamara. I'm sticking. Kamara to my- had a a better half of the season when he was playing with Jameis than he did when he was playing with Trevor Simeon. And Trevor Simeon is a running quarterback who takes away from running back production. It it doesn't like I said. After Breeze retired, Kamara fell off for me personally, and I, and I'm gonna stand by that. It doesn't matter. So the first, I don't know. We'll go just first eight weeks last year. 
Kamara had one bad week where he had eight rushing attempts. Every other week after that, he had 19, 20, 16, 26, 24, 20 attempts. So you don't like volume in fantasy football either? I like volume, but at the same time, like like I told you, you just can't convince me on this. I told you after Breeze retired, and like I said, that safety blanket and that connection went away. I never liked the Jameis Winston pairing for Kamara. Uh, Jameis is a guy that likes to push the ball down the field. It always has been. I just never thought it would work. I just didn't like – I didn't like Kamara. I was I mean, all that, Kamara. everything you're saying is fair. I think it is a little rich to say you like a guy who can handle a full workload and you're picking Dalvin Cook, who's literally never played a full season. Um, but, I mean, I get it. I, I can understand that. I don't see the whole argument for Najee Harris as your RB2, especially when you're saying Kamara had an inefficient 3.7 yards per carry last season when we all know Najee didn't average over four yards a carry last year, and he had way Yeah, but Kamara also plays with a top five O-line. Always has. Not anymore. No way. Not this His year. whole career, he's played with a top five O-line. I, no listen, question. I'm, I'm not a Saints historian, so I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, yeah, when he came in the league <laughs> I mean, when in you 2017, had... they had a great offensive line. But I mean, dude, but that whole line has been together. They had a offensive line when they drafted Michael Thomas. That year they had the Michael Thomas draft, they drafted Armstead. And that's when their offensive line turned into a great offensive line. The Saints haven't historically had great offensive lines. They've had okay offensive lines. As somebody who's had to watch those motherfuckers beat up on my Falcons for the last however long I've been a Falcons fan. I'm well aware of the Saints offensive line, and it has not been world-beating. But Alvin Kamara finishing, again, his worst season as an RB9 in PPR, I'm going to take him every time. And, again, the least wow, amount of games he's ever played is 13. What's that? Say he missed four games, still finished RB8. Right. He you're missed never going You're never going to convince me on Kamara, bro. I'm just it's at this point, I'm like not trying to convince you. I'm just trying to make sure everybody else understands that you crazy, man. You are crazy when you're talking about I've never Kamara. liked Kamara. Like I told you, I never did. <laughs> Here's no, what he I got. He got right with uh with you with this whole take. You just raved about DeAndre Swift, who is yeah, the new coming Alvin Kamara. You took him over at Workhorse back in Javante Williams, and yet you can sit here and tell me that you would rather have Dalvin Cook, who misses time every year, like fucking clockwork. But you're going to tell me that you don't, you're out on Kamara because he doesn't have Drew Brees anymore. But he still finished RB8 while missing four games, still efficient with Jameis Winston. Does Jameis prefer to push the ball downfield? Yeah, sure, absolutely he does. But in the games that Kamara uh, and Winston played there, they did great aside one flute game. And that was very apparent because that did not happen for us this season until Trevor Simeon and Taysom Hill came in. Neither of them are competent enough to support a great offense for Kamara. So for him to even finish top 10 running back while missing four games – is insane to me and the fact that you still would have i will never have i'm gonna die on this hill it just it is what it is kamara i don't know i don't don't get it you don't have to understand it it. it's just it's personal preferences like you're just never going to convince me to like alvin kamara in dynasty settings like you're just not going to Um, what about fantasy football settings not even dynasty you just don't want him in fantasy football i've owned kamara twice since he came in the league one as a waiver wire pickup his rookie year and one was like 2018 that was it 2019 that was a good year. 
It was a great year. He finished as the RB three and the RB four. You're right, and that's and that's that's fine. Like I said, I, I I've never had exposure to Kamara. I never two top five seasons. He hates Kamara. I would be grateful. I bet you won a championship one of those years, didn't you? Actually, never did. No, I didn't. That's wild. If you picked up Alvin Kamara off the waiver wire and you didn't win a championship, you had to have been in a crazy good league. I was in a very good league. I play, I've always played competitive leagues. I had it in AJ's league, actually, his Yahoo league that year. Kamara was a waiver wire pickup. Didn't win it. Like in the good old Yahoo days. Uh, I, give, me, give me Kamara. Uh, I, I'm a, I love Dalvin Cook. I mean, I do. But nope. I, that, I love Dalvin Cook. I like the way he runs the ball. When he gets the ball in his hands, he, I mean, he, he's the man. Like, he, yeah, he misses games every, every year. Like Delhi said, it's clockwork. That sways me, and, and I like people that are on the field. Kamara's on the field outside of last year. Kamara's a beast. As much as I don't like the Saints as well, being a Bucks fan, like I, I'm here to win. And Kamara <laughs> has won me championships. He literally won me the championship of the year. He got six touchdowns against the in Vikings. In a game. Against a the game. Vikings. One game, as ro- six. As ironic as that is. But Christmas, I mean, but – Dalvin Cook had six total touchdowns last year. I, I I like both of these running backs. I'm just I like the 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 floor is safer for Kamara in my opinion. He, he's a better pass, pass catcher. Um, I'm gonna keep it short. I mean, I don't want to get Stephen more riled up than he is. <laughs> just give me Kamara. Last thing I'll touch on the whole situation is the Vikings are going to go into a season where Dalvin Cook is no longer the feature weapon in that offense. I think it's going to turn to Justin Jefferson this year. Um, I still think that Alvin Kamara is still the best player on the Saints offense. Easily. Um, and I don't think it's close. So to be the focal point of an offense is huge, and I just don't think with them going to a pass-first offense that Dalvin Cook is still going to be that focal point that you want to see out of your RB1. You have um, Dalvin Cook on the field. Dalvin Cook's getting his touches regardless. Oh, for but sure. Dalvin Cook, saying, Dalvin Cook being on the field is a big deal. Like you yeah. just you're overlooking the Dalvin Cook being on the field part. So I think maybe the way you feel about Kamara might be the way I feel about Dalvin Cook. I will never own Dalvin Cook. I can't because again, can't do it. Because Dalvin Cook has never played more than 14 games in an NFL season. So to me. I've said it once, I'll say it a hundred times, the best ability in fantasy football is availability, and he's not available. So, um, listen, I understand your hate for Alvin Kamara, I guess, because I hate Dalvin Cook that way, but give me give me him to be healthy. I got about four or five shares. <laughs> I love Dalvin. Uh, who we got yeah, next? Who we got next? To be fair, I am a biased Dalvin Cook hater. I am a Florida Gators fan through and through, and that man torched us when he was at FSU. Talk about he was healthy every fucking year he played there. I don't know what happened there, but yeah, it was a freak ACL tear and then soft tissue injury year too. Like, you know what I mean? Like ACL tears are freak injury, especially when nobody's around you. Like Traumas, you, you can't say that when the man's never played more than 14 games, bro. He's literally never played more than 14 ever in the history of his NFL career. <laughs> like I mean, that's, that's just injury pro. That's fair. I'm talking about you're talking about like the significant time missed, like 14 games played out of 16. I'll take that for any fantasy season. Like I get Kamara, you know, he's more available. Like that's fine. I understand that argument, but just like with the touches, like, I don't know, man, I just, I can't get behind out owning Kamara. I never will. I've told you that it's been a whole year thing. Like it's two years for me in Delhi. This conversation comes up all the time. Uh, Eckler. Henry. Who? Eckler or Henry. Oh, 
I'll start it off. I'll start it off. off. Give me the king. Um, they're they're both older. Um, Henry's twenty eight. Eckhart's twenty seven. Um, I think Henry was running back one prior to breaking his foot in half last year. He was um, for like three weeks after as well. <laughs> it, it took uh, Jonathan Taylor three games to catch him. Yep. <laughs> like that, that's unheard of. No matter what fantasy sport you're playing, what position it is in fantasy, that's just stupid, honestly. Silly. And the man is going to find the end zone at least a dozen times. Give me that. There's going to be regression from Eckler. There's no way he's getting 18 touchdowns again. Absolutely 20. not. What was that? 20. 20. Okay. Maybe that's 14. one of the hardest just... things to repeat ever is 20 touchdowns. Like that's wild. Especially from a running back that small. They went out and drafted Isaiah Spiller to run between the tackles. Eckler is going to have regression when it comes to rushing touchdowns. He had 12 rushing touchdowns. Is that what it was, Stephen? Eckler, yeah. he had 12 rushing touchdowns. Well, yeah, there's yeah. going to be regression there. Um, he's he's going to get his catches. He's going to be a top 10 running back as long as he's on the field. And n- no disrespect to him, but the king is the king for a reason. He might come out this year and just be like, all right, we lost A.J. Brown. Give me 1,800 yards. And Give me them catches. 15 he's touchdowns catch, and he's 20 catch catches. catches this year. Yep, not 50. <laughs> he's getting 50 catches this year. Stop. Put it on the books. Not, yeah, edit that out. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, but for real, um, just, give, just give me the king. No, I'm with you on that, AJ. I'm a big Derrick Henry guy. It took you and I a long time to come around on Derrick Henry every year going into – It took a long time for him to come around. That is not true. He's been a top 15 running back since 2018, and neither how many How many running. years was he in the league before he, like, took off? Was it two and a half? Yeah, two and a half, really. He, he he snapped that third year on, like, Thursday night football against the Jags or something. Listen, and since then, he's been the best running back in football. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, a, a running back – I usually give up on running backs that aren't relevant after two and a half years that come out of Alabama at that, won a Heisman at that. I'm like, okay, he's he's too big for the NFL. That's <laughs> sure what I thought. <laughs> I thought it – no, he, he died. I just thought he was too big. I really thought he was too big. I was like, he's not going to work. No, I'm I'm with you, honestly. It took us a long time to come around on him. But like you said last year, he ended the season with 937 rushing yards and he played eight games. Like it legitimately <laughs> took Jonathan Taylor three weeks to catch him in running back points in fantasy football. But it took him like a month and a half to catch him in terms of yardage. Like we love Jonathan Taylor as if, if for his fantasy football and love Jonathan Taylor's season last year. But if Derrick Henry finished the season, I don't even know if we would be talking about Jonathan Taylor, to be completely honest with you, because the stuff Derrick Henry was doing was wild. Like, I'm – I don't know if you guys – I'm not going to pull it up, but the NFL every week tweet or puts out an Instagram post with the top leading rushers and leading passers and leading receivers in the NFL. And Derrick Henry was number one for a month after he fucking broke his foot or whatever he did. Like, I don't know. Give me the king of efficiency. And even if he's not efficient, he's going to give you 14 touchdowns. I may be a little hyperbolic on the 50 catches. He's never even had over 30 targets in a season, so I doubt he's going to get 50 catches. But there is a lot of targets vacated on that team. Um, And Derrick Henry's coming back fully healthy, so give me Derrick Henry. Uh, It's tough. Because the general consensus is Henry, and I, I agree with you. Um, 
it's just scary with a broken foot, like completely snapped in half. It really is. Um, I'm going to go Henry too, um, just because there's, it's insane for somebody to have 219 rushing touches in eight games. Like that <laughs> fucking. <nuts. laughs> he probably just, since he's a robot, just got a new foot put yeah, on. It, it's man. nuts. Uh, That's exactly what happened. Um, yeah, he's put, in there. Maybe a couple of screws. He's fine. And then he's he come the, back for the playoffs. <laughs> he yeah. He's the, uh, he's the running back that breaks the mold that says you have to be a PPR back to be relevant in fantasy. Uh, this guy's probably going to go for 1,600 yards and 16 touchdowns, and I'm not surprised. Like it, it, I, Before the fantasy playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. um, give me Henry, but, that, again, that's no disrespect to Eckler. Uh, Eckler is, is, a, is a monster as well. Um, first of all, let me give my flowers to Eckler. It's, this is a lot closer uh, than it would be for you guys. I'm still going Henry here. Um, when he's on the field, that man is just an absolute tank. I mean, he's a linebacker at the running back position. I mean, he'll put anybody on the ground. We've seen him victimize people left and right. Did you guys see the stiff arm drill video they posted of him the other day? He was yeah. literally breaking helmets off of the yeah. ground. That's what I'm saying. With his, with his fucking stiff arm. Um, he's so mad. I think he'll come back fine from the injury. Um I really just think he's just – I mean, when's the last time in our lifetime we've ever seen a running back who can consistently get, like, 30 carries a game and just be like, eh, I'm it's good. Like, it's like he gets 15 He gets fifteen yards past the line of scrimmage and he's got six defenders behind, like, that he's approaching and he outruns them. He doesn't even yeah. try to run through them. I'm like, how did he get away? Yeah. And then it's like an 80-yard touchdown. And the scary part is – Better in the second half of games, which is like yeah. who wants to like, tackle? He's him. literally wearing down offenses, and he's still like every yeah. day. Could you working. imagine after an hour and a half of trying to tackle that guy, and they give him the ball again, and you're just like, "Well, I'm done. I'm going what home." The, like, fuck this. What am I to <laughs> We're gas. They're running yeah, a two-minute drill. It's third and twelve, and they do a draw. You like, just gave the semi truck another fucking <laughs> handoff. Get out of here. Yeah, this is but, like. Uh, on Eckler, he is in one of the one of my favorite offenses in the league. Um, is 20 touchdowns gonna happen again? Probably not. 16 to 18 range seems probably in his wheelhouse. Um, still a PPR monster. I'll probably have a lot of questions, you guys, but yeah, still, I'll still take Henry. Henry's just a fucking absolute definition of a dog. I'm a big Eckler so, real quick on Eckler, I like Eckler, but I also think that this is the offseason to trade Eckler for whatever you can get for him because I think this is probably the highest Eckler's value is ever going to be. So, I would say if you can get a good deal for Eckler, I think, like, if not in a startup, obviously in a startup, you're probably going to have to take Eckler relatively high if you want to grab him. But if you're in a league already and you own Eckler and you haven't traded him up at this point, I would probably move off of him because I don't think you're ever going to get a better return for him than you can right now. Yeah, no, I agree. I moved Henry last year, actually, because yeah. I thought 2000 wasn't possible. I just I just moved Javante this offseason. Yeah. I moved him for Jonathan Taylor, but still. <laughs> yeah, throw that in there. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's what I'm saying, but – Listen, that seems a little silly, I know, but I'm that's kind of my point. Yeah, so so like you should 
you should definitely yeah. i'm talking about saying that i traded him for jonathan taylor sounds silly but my point is you should definitely always try to get the best and highest value out of a player while you can i don't like, think that if i had tried to trade javante williams for jonathan taylor two months ago i don't think it would have happened but i think being able to maximize somebody's either potential or their actual like production i think that's the key to being successful in dynasty fantasy football like Najee harris but who's next we got Dobbins and Nick Chubb. Ooh, I like that one. Um, who's go ahead, Chalmers? Even his favorite first, teams. So let's let him let him rock. <laughs> I'm gonna go first. Um, I don't personally, like I said, I, I leave legal issues out of it. I don't like anything going on, that's going around with Cleveland right now. Um, a lot of uncertainty in Cleveland, uh, and people think if Kareem Hunt gets traded. Um, you know, Nick Chubb actually has played a lot of games without Kareem Hunt and he didn't play any significantly better. I don't know what Kevin Stefanski wants, why he doesn't give Nick Chubb the ball. Uh, he doesn't. Um, I think Nick Chubb has had 30 catches one time in his career. Um, granted, it doesn't mean that Dobbins has a whole lot of upside, but I want the, I want the running back that's linked to the number one rushing efficiency in the league. Uh, give me J.K. Dobbins. Um, obviously, I don't think two years ago, six yards per carry is going to be sustainable. And a touchdown and a nine touchdowns in a seven-game stretch is, is sustainable. But if J.K. Dobbins comes in as your number one workhorse, uh, I think Dobbins can outproduce Chubb this season. And, I mean, I don't know how you guys feel about it, but that, you know what I mean? That's where I'm at with it. I'm 100% in agreement with you, man. I'm all in on the J.K. Dobbins hype. Um, I was a little concerned with the uh, injury lingering into this offseason, considering he sustained the injury last offseason. Um, but he just got cleared today, um, the 8th of August, if you're hearing this a little bit later. So give me J.K. Dobbins uh, over Chubb. Like you said, Chalmers, I think the Ravens are going to continue to be probably the leading rushing team in the NFL um, so if you can get a running back on that team or if you are fortunate enough to be able to get Lamar Jackson at like pick seven in a startup draft I think you should do that um, but I would definitely tie myself to J.K. Dobbins in any way I possibly could I have him at an RB2 in one of my leagues and I'm more than ecstatic about that um, yeah give me J.K. Dobbins the efficiency like you said Chalmers is kind of unheard of so I doubt that it's going to be something that he can continue um, but even without being six yards a carry efficient I think getting even four to four and a half yards per carry in that offense is is going to do wonders for J.K. Dobbins yeah and I don't see it's out of a realm of possibility he can finish with five yards per carry I, I mean oh, same yeah and that line actually improved um, people talk about that line the Ravens are completely healthy uh, I have them as a as a Super Bowl contender. I, like, I mean, who do you pick as a defensive end off of a read option over Lamar Jackson and J.K. Dobbins? Like, that's a fucking nightmare, dude. Like, yeah, this whole I, offense is a nightmare. They're, yeah, they're like, a good team. Yeah, they're talking about Gus Edwards not playing until at least week six or eight. His and injury I can't is actually see worse. Davis than... taking any any pull away from J.K. So or Tyler Batty, I don't care. It, J.K. Ooh. Dobbins, let's run it. <laughs> yeah. I'm with you. Though. Um. I love Nick Chubb. Um, I love You're going J Dobbins? I'm going Dobbins. Oh, my uh, God. Dobbins, that might be the shock of the pod. He, he's three years younger than Nick Chubb. I think Nick Chubb is the best running back in the NFL. I don't think there's a better runner in the NFL. 
Um, but he, he's also three years older than J.K. Dobbins. This is Dynasty. You need somebody that's younger. Chubb has 900 touches in four years. That's a lot of touches. He also has 36 touchdowns in four years. That's a lot of touchdowns. Um, I mean, touchdowns are key. We want touchdowns. But like Steven touched on, this is the best running offense in football. And who are you defending? Five yards of carry is not out of the realm with, with J.K. If he can be healthy, I mean, you're looking at a top five running back potentially in fantasy with J.K. I mean, he's a good pass catcher. He showed that at Ohio State. He showed flashes of that already with Baltimore. Um, I mean, if, if the man gives you 40 to 50 catches, I mean, that's all I'm looking for out of J.K. because he's going to run the ball. You're going to get a healthy season, 10 to 1,200 yards. And, hell, just give you 10 touchdowns. I, I, I like that. <laughs> J.K. is explosive. That injury does worry me. Um, but Chubb misses games every year, too. Um, he's, he's a bruising running back. He, he looks for contact. I feel bad for people that shot attack on Nick Chubb. He's he's a smaller Derrick Henry. Like, he just he just runs right through you. He's not going to beat you on the outside. Doesn't mean he's not quick, but J.K., he, he has that extra extra burst. Um, I, I think Baltimore is going to open up a new level this year, and I'm with Steven. They're going to be a Super Bowl contender. They're going to be that team that finishes last last year to win the division this year. It happens every single year, and it's going to be the Ravens this year. And I think teams are not going to want to play the Ravens come January and February. Hell no, I don't want to play them. Uh, so I'm a little pain on this one. Uh, me and Frankie took Chubb ahead of Dobbins in this uh, startup. Um, I'm also on – I think they kind of profile as the same running back. Um, so I would tend to just lean with the with the younger one and just go Dobbins over Chubb. Um, I know you say that Dobbins kind of got his catches, but honestly, with Lamar at running back, you aren't really going to see him dump the ball off that often. So uh, I don't I don't really see too many catches coming out of J.K. So and that's nothing to take away from him. He is in the number one rushing offense for like the past what three four seasons ever since Lamar's been in the league. Greg Roman, um, yeah, yeah. Greg yeah. Roman took over four years ago. Yeah, so give me J.K. Dobbins. Um, like I said, it's close, and in a world, I could probably see Chubb finishing ahead of Dobbins this year, um, as long as Deshaun Watson serves six games. If he gets the whole year, then I, I'm definitely leading Dobbins. Um, I'm not going to touch on the Watson situation. Should have got more. That's all I'll say. So just real quick. Do we all – so I think that the Watson thing is probably going to end up being more than six games. Like so we're not gonna, we don't have to talk about it, but I think it's going to end up being longer than six games. Yes. With that, do you guys think that that takes away from Chubb or do you think that adds to Chubb? I personally think that adds to Chubb because I think the Browns are going to have to lean more on the running game. Uh, I do like the Browns' O-line and their running game in general. Kevin Stefanski is very good at scheming for the run. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm not saying Baker was a world beater, you know, eight stack boxes, things like that. Uh, the fact of the matter is if you're going to lean on your running game, that's not, Chubb's Chubb's games played has, you know, went down every season. Like he's missed time and he's missing more time. Um, like AJ said, the best pure runner in the league at this point, I'm looking to sell Chubb just like you're looking to sell Eckler. 
No, I think that's completely fair. And I just also with the news coming out of Kareem Hunt's unhappiness, I just figured that honestly, I thought at least one of us would be on trouble a little bit more, but I understand that Dobbins love. He is not substantially younger. I think uh, he's what 23 to Chubb's 26 or 27. So you're not talking like a huge age gap and it's not like Chubb is over the hill by any stretch. Um, but like Chalmers said, he has been missing, missing games here a little bit more consistently. So I, I'm still going JK, but I, I think like uh, Trump or Deli was saying earlier uh, with, uh, I don't even remember the running back matchup, uh, the Eckler one. Yeah. Said it was a lot closer than we were making it out with Henry and Eckler. I think this one's a little bit closer than we all made it out to be, even though we were all on the side of Dobbins. Sure. Um, I'd, I, I like Chubb coming out of this year, especially with uh, if if Watson's going to get more than six games, which I believe he will. I think we could see a career high in catches for Chubb as well um, yep. with Brissett. Um, that doesn't he's... take much. Though, <laughs> no, that's fair. It doesn't take much to get a career high from Chubb and catches. Nah, I don't even still. know what it is. What's it like? Twenty six. I think it's thirty five. Thirty five. I didn't think he was in the thirties. He's got one year in the thirties, I believe. I can see receptions. It's 36 in 2019. Yeah, I can see Brissett dumping it off a lot. And that was his most by 16 catches. His neck closes. It's it's bad. (laughs) It's so bad. Yeah, if Kareem Hunt is is gone, Chubb's probably going to have a monster season. Right. Now, to be fair, Nick Chubb is very efficient in turning targets into catches. He had 25 targets last year to 20 catches, 18 targets to 16 catches, 49 to 36, and 29 to 20. So, if you target Nick Chubb, uh, it, it's most likely going to turn into a catch. Now, that being said, it's probably a screen pass or it's probably like a dump off. So he's not going to get you many yards. His yards per target are less than seven for his whole career. And his yards per catch are just a little over seven for his career. So not the most efficient with his catches, but good at turning targets into catches is what I'm saying. But like, what more do you guys see Chubb being like? How many you know, years? You know what you're getting. Yeah, how many years has Kareem Hunt been in Cleveland? This is year three now, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken. Yeah, Kareem Hunt, Kareem Hunt had the suspension. Kareem Hunt comes back. Uh, look at that 10-game suspension to the six-game workload. Like, the touches never varied for Nick Chubb. Kevin Stefanski never said, hey, I want to give Nick Chubb the ball. I want him to go win me a game. He never did that. It was just like you have, like AJ said, the best pure runner in the game. Give this man the rock. He, and Stefanski never did it, and I don't understand why. Um, See, I think that comes down to Baker, though. I think they, I think Cleveland spent way too long trying to make Baker a thing and, and trying to make fair. Baker happen, cool and they were keeping the ball out of their best players' hands in the yes. process of doing that. Um, so, with Baker gone and with Watson serving his suspension, that's what I'm saying. I think yeah, Trump I mean, is awesome. clearly the mo- the best offensive option that the Browns have. So I I can see them leaning on Nick Chubb pretty heavily. Yeah, I just never liked over this three year span the the difference in touches between Chubb playing with Hunt and Chubb playing without Hunt. It just, it you know I mean? It didn't sit right with me because me and AJ talked about it. If Chubb, Chubb's good, good for 75, 80 yards a game, but if he doesn't score you a touchdown, he might actually kill you as a running back on your roster. Yeah. So, last one. I can be the same way, though. But go on. We'll go to the next one. Dobbins? Dobbins yeah. by the same way. Yeah, that's true. That's true, but, like, Everything about this Ravens team to me screams by. Like this team is loaded, and I don't. They haven't had preseason yet. That's when the injuries come for the Ravens. Yeah, man. (laughs) So, so real quick, you, how many games do you think Nick Chubb played last year where he didn't score a touchdown? Uh, He played twelve total games. 
I'm going to say two, three. I'm going to say Chubb played – Or he played 14, I'm sorry. I'm going to say three games 14 games, I'm going to say he didn't score in – give me four. Two. I was four. Two. I know it wasn't a lot. So, I understand what you're saying about, oh, he's only going to get you 80 yards, and if he doesn't get you a touchdown, then it's no good. But the chances of him not getting a touchdown are a lot lower than the chances of him getting a touchdown. So, I, I, I understand where you guys are coming from, Nick Chubb. I even picked Dobbins. But, uh, honestly, I think, I'm, I think I've talked myself into leaning Chubb here over Dobbins, especially coming off that injury. Like, I, I legit think Cleveland is going to run the ball I don't know, 25 to 30 times a game. And I can see Nick Chubb getting almost all of those carries, if not all those carries, especially if the news on Kareem Hunt is true and he's going to hold out and or, and or be traded. I think I'm, I'm going to lean Nick Chubb here. I, I'm, I'm going to withdraw my earlier statement and I'm going to go Nick Chubb. I just know this, oh, Georgia. Ravens, I just know this Ravens offense is a top seven Georgia. offense. I want all parts of this offense. If I have, you know what I mean? I want all the Bateman. We I know want, you're a Ravens fan, but what's the next uh, matchup? No. <laughs> Brees Hall and Travis Etienne. Let's do it. All right. So this is essentially Etienne's rookie year. Um, if you count, you know, his injury and Urban Meyer last year. So – I think Travis Etienne is more explosive than Brees Hall. Um, I think he's on a better offensive line. Mekhi Becton's already getting an MRI on his knee today, which is not good. He's hurt every that time. That giant motherfucker can't stay healthy. Can't stay healthy. So take him out of the equation. Uh, Etienne has a better quarterback with Trevor Lawrence over Zach Williams. Zach Wilson, excuse me. Um, the chemistry is already – one hand going to be in the league next year. Yeah. <laughs> He, 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 hey, gonna on, he gonna be on Pornhub, but <laughs> no <laughs> so, But uh, the chemistry is already there with Etienne and Lawrence. I mean, they've been playing ball for four or five years now. Um, he's a better pass catcher than Brees Hall is. Um, you, when you give Etienne the ball, he makes plays. Never average lower than seven yards per carry in college at Clemson. He, he's a dog. Yeah, he had Liz Frank last year. Okay. Have you seen him in these videos? I know it's training camp. The man doesn't look like he got hurt. I cannot wait to see number one on the field. I think him and Lawrence with Doug Peterson are going to be dynamic this year. I don't want anything on the Jets outside of Elijah Moore as a wide receiver three or a flex option, but – I don't I, – I'm not really the type of person that says I don't want somebody because they're on this team. I just really don't want anybody involved with Zach Wilson's offense. Um, it's just Robert Sala is a defensive guy. He's not an offensive guru. Um, I forget the, the offensive coordinator that they brought over from San Fran. He, he, Mike, uh, Mike McDaniel. Mike McDaniel. He didn't really look very well last year. Um but give me ETN all the way. See, I think this is finally going to be the time where Chalmers gets some support on his Brees Hall love. Well, I know that might be a little shocking. Oh, go ahead, Dylan. Oh, go ahead. You're good. You're good. You're good. Never mind. Oh, no, you're good. All I was going to say is uh, give me Brees Hall over uh, Travis ETN. Um, I know I've been a little bit of a Brees Hall hater on this pod, but that is more or less to do with his ADP, not necessarily his talent. 
Um, I, AJ, I heard you say something about the Jags offensive line. I don't like the Jags offensive line very much. They didn't do much. So it's better us. than the Jets. I, See, I no, I'm not no. disagreeing. I'm not disagreeing. I just, I don't like the Jets offensive line. I don't like the Jets offensive line either, but I just think Brees Hall is a better pure runner, as you would like to say with Nick Chubb. I think Brees Hall is a better pure runner than Travis Etienne. I think Travis Etienne's probably a little bit more electric with the ball in his hand for sure, but uh, Brees Hall, guy in college who at his worst had a nine touchdown season, and that was his freshman year finished the last two seasons of his college career with 41 combined touchdowns so obviously a guy with a nose for the end zone and that seems to be a little bit more what I'm looking for out of my running backs consistently through this pod so give me the guy who I think has a little bit higher touchdown upside in Brees Hall Um, I know we said that the Jets probably aren't going to get near the goal line very much so it's going to be tough to do some goal line plunges but I'd still, I'm still leaning more towards Brees Hall than Travis Etienne in terms of uh, a couple discussion. counters I have for that is the man played in the worst tackling conference in college football. The Big 12 is not good and not known for tackling. I don't care if he had so many broken tackles in college. He's playing against defensive players that aren't going to make it to the NFL, and if they are, they're going to be a four-string cornerback or a backup linebacker in the NFL. They're not They're not NFL talent. You don't see many defensive players coming out of the Big 12. Uh, like you said, the Jets aren't going to be around the goal line much for him to punch the ball in. He's going to have to break one off. It's going to have to be a 30, 40-yard rush for a touchdown. He's not, he might get three or four goal line touchdowns because it's an NFL team. They're going to get to the end zone. But he's not going to ever – I don't want to say ever, excuse me. He's not going to get many opportunities to – have double-digit touchdown seasons. ETN is an elite pass catcher out of the backfield. I could see big things coming out of him just from the pass catching alone. Now, Brees Hall, when he played at Iowa State, he's playing nobody when they're playing that defense. Like, you're playing, you're playing Texas Tech. You're playing Oklahoma, Baylor. These teams do not tackle. Tell me how many Big 12 running backs come out of that conference and are successful running backs, RB1s in the NFL. DeMarco Murray is really the only one that comes to my mind. Adrian Outside of Peterson. that. Okay, yeah, AP. <laughs> Chalmers, I didn't want to say it, but thanks, Chalmers. <laughs> AP didn't come to my mind. To DeMarco came to my mind. Okay, who else? Also, also an RB1 at Oklahoma, but go ahead. Okay, who else, though, realistically? I, I don't know. I don't remember all of the big 12. I'm running not backs, the don't, running guy, backs and wide receivers usually don't pan out of that conference. And that's fair. I'm not, listen, I didn't make the broken tackle argument. That's typically a Chalmers argument. My argument was that he's got a nose for the goal line. Um, and the other argument I would have to counter what you just said is I don't think Travis Etienne is going to get much of the rushing load in Jacksonville because James Robinson, by all accounts, is coming back and I'm not a guy who's going to say go draft James Robinson by any stretch because he's coming off an Achilles tear but he is also a guy who's finished as a what top 15 running back for the Jags Blue is the last Achilles two out. years Blue is Achilles out. that's fine that doesn't mean they're not going to give him opportunity though and I think as soon as he enters that backfield he's going to take away from the rushing opportunity from ETN takes at least two years to come back from Achilles that's fine. I just don't think Brees Hall has that competition for touches is what I was trying to get at. I, Michael I, Carter has not went anywhere. And Michael Carter, it didn't look good last year either. James Robinson has, again, he finished was definitely relevant. Fifth, 
Okay, he's not James Robinson, is my point. James Robinson has literally been a good running back in the NFL to where Michael And Connor I don't think Brees Hall is Travis so. Etienne. <laughs> I said that. I just think I would rather have Brees Hall than Travis Etienne in this instance because he's going to score more touchdowns in my When opinion. are they going to get down there? <laughs> I can't forecast that, but I'm just telling you that's my opinion. I'd be shocked if Brees Hall had more than five touchdowns. I think that's a crazy take, but I understand it. Again, I'm not a, I'm not over here to pitch the Jets, but if we're talking Jets versus Jags, which is two of the worst teams in the NFL, I'm going to take the Jets. With Jags are a Brees playoff Hall contender over this year. Jags with ETN. They're a playoff contender this year. I said it on the pod. I'm just talking about ETN, man. <laughs> I'm not the ETN guy you guys are. Let me get in on this before Steven does. He's been looking down and spending a lot, which leads me to believe he's pulling stats. So he's broken going tackles. Home. He had 71 broken tackles. Yeah, no, I'm good, man. Fine. It's all it's here. Brees Hall, it's all here, but I don't have to pull anything. We're, we're um, good. Go ahead. Get your take in. I'll take just strict. I think they're close for me. Right? I will strictly take ETN over just because of the cost difference. Um if you're looking at startup drafts, That's you're looking great. at like where he's going in the turn of like the two ten, like the between like two ten and like three two, and you're looking at spots where like you're getting a potential stack of like Josh Allen and Matthew Stafford, which would be to me absolutely insane start. Um, to take Brees Hall there, unproven rookie, is a little bit much. Um, I'd rather just take ETN in the end third, beginning of the fourth, uh, keep it pushing. Um, and I think a lot of it also has to do with Zach Wilson. Um, I don't think he's made it as much as Daniel Jones has been catching slack. I think that Zach Wilson might have played worse than Daniel Jones last year, and that's uh, that's a tough one. Um, I think that offense is going to be bad. They, they sign on to a defensive head coach taking over the job when they definitely, in my mind, need an offensive mind. Um, that didn't make much sense to me. I don't know. I mean, why would you not – why would you spend the job capital on a young guy at BYU that you believe in and not try and get him as many tools as he can to make him better? Um, Salo, definitely just a defensive guy, which is great for the defense side of the ball, but all the points are going to come from the offense. And Brees Hall, as much as I rave about him being a red zone guy, Jets are not going to be down there that often. Um and I think that Michael Carter is a good running back. I think he suffered in the Zach Wilson offense last year. Um, I don't think Michael Carter is going to go too far. I mean, Brees is definitely going to be the RB1. I will say that. That's fair to say. But that doesn't mean that Michael Carter is not going to be right behind him getting like 12, 13 carries a game. Maybe even that's a little much, but – He's not going anywhere. They spent the draft capital on him. Uh, they touted him out all year last year. I just – I hate the Jazz offense. I really do. Um, and the biggest thing is, like, you can argue offensive lines all you want, but ETN doesn't have to have a great offensive line to produce in fantasy. I mean, he's a pass-catching back. He, he, eats, he profiles as, like, a Swift, Camara type of guy. Um, and they don't really need – to rush for any more than 800 yards a season to be productive in fantasy because they're going to catch the ball 50, 60 times and keep it pushing. Fair enough. Um, Go ahead, Chalmers. Get it off, buddy. You've been waiting. 
Uh, I want to give credit to both, actually. Um, since 2018, only five running backs have come in with a 99 overall athlete grade. Uh, that would be Saquon Barkley. That would be uh, <clears throat> that would be Jonathan Taylor. That would be DeAndre Swift. That would be Travis Etienne, and that would be Brees Hall. Uh, for the knock on this guy to say he's not a pure athlete and an explosive athlete to me is a little crazy. Um, and to say that he may not be able to have the pass catching ability and bring up that his broken tackles. Uh, the, like I said, you can't go off all athletic profile because if you did, CJ Spiller would be a Hall of Famer. Um, kid's going to be a stud. <laughs> AJ uh, hates that name. Since 2012, at least one rookie running back drafted has finished as a top 15 running back. Since 2012, 10 of those guys were running back once. I'm not saying it's going to be Brees Hall. I don't know. That guy could be completely wrong. But based off what I watched, man, the, you know, I mean, like I said, he's not, a, he wasn't Travis Etienne at Clemson when it came to the pass catching ability. I'll give Etienne his credit when it comes to that. Um, yeah, the ADP may scare you. Um, but everybody says, is he just an over glorified David Montgomery? I don't think so. I think this kid is explosive. I think this kid's got the juice that we all see, that extra burst. Um, and like I said, he's definitely a better pass catcher than Montgomery. Uh, he's a better, he was a better blocker. He was always on the field on third downs. Montgomery, to me, struggled in that at times. Um, like I said, I'm not shying away from Brees Hall. I have him everywhere. He's my guy, but I also want to give credit to AJ's guy as well. I think Etienne is a league winner. Um, but give me Brees Hall and Dynasty. So just real quick. Since we're talking, you know, Jags and Jets. Oh, I do. Years. Go ahead. I also want to say, I think the Jets have a better overall roster than the Jags. Not the better quarterback. The quarterback makes a big difference. But I think the Jets have a better overall roster. So we're all going to agree that Doug Peterson's probably going to be the play caller in Jacksonville, most likely, since he's sure. the offensive mind there, right? So how many times in Philadelphia that Doug Peterson was the head coach did they have an RB1 on that team? I, yeah. I don't remember any, so I'm just trying to for, 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 draw my memory here. I think I think the highest Miles finish was a running back, too. Oh, oh okay. But he's he's a rookie. He, was, he was a rookie, though, right? Yeah, but he's never had – He I will give him credit. He, he's he never, never had, had a running in. He, he never Corey had Clement. He had – I don't think that's fair. People were very high on Miles Sanders coming out. He was a rookie. He only had that rookie uh, in the following year. ETN didn't play last year, and you just said he was a rookie too. So, yeah, but I'm just saying, he he never had that. Coming out of Penn State, people were talking about how they didn't lose that much from Saquon because they had Miles Sanders. So it's not like people, like, I don't know, maybe Miles Sanders, since he's been in the league this long, people are forgetting. But coming out of college, people loved Miles Sanders. And the fact that he went to Philly, people were like, Sanders was a first round pick. Sure, not like ETN, but it, you said, oh, it's Miles Sanders. Like, Miles Sanders had a very high athletic profile coming out of Penn State and was a highly touted running back coming out of Penn State. So, my point well, is he, just that Doug Peterson. He, he was also eating there with Jordan Howard. Him and Jordan Howard were splitting there that year. Jordan Howard had a decent year run, running the ball. And yeah. you're telling me you can't see ETN and <laughs> Robinson? Jordan Howard didn't come off a role? blown Achilles. No, he just got cut from his previous team because he wasn't very good at football well at least he still got to all worry about carries. planting that's, your, that's how you plant that's how you dig into the ground make cuts listen again i'm not saying draft james robinson but what i am saying is he has a very 
not a very he has a storied history with the Jaguars of being a good running back. They're not, not just going to be like, oh, fuck this guy. He's we're not going to give him the ball no more, even though he's back and healthy. Like that's just not going to happen. He's not that's healthy. not how the NFL works. He's not even he's not healthy yet. I'm saying when he's healthy, I don't think Brees Hall is going to have that competition to where ETN at fuck week four, Robinson can come back and just eat into his his carries or his target share. Like I'm just I'm more comfortable with Brees Hall in this hypothetical than I am in with ETN. I like both players, and I think Delhi made the best point as far as ADP. I can't really argue the ADP because if you're talking ADP, I'm not taking Brees Hall. Like period. We've had that conversation. I think he's overpriced right now. But again, in this hypothetical situation where I got to pick between those two players, I'm taking Brees Hall over ETN. Here's the last thing I say about ETN. Uh, in this new modern era in like draft stacking, um, it's worked out pretty well. Tua and Waddle worked out great last year. Jamar and Burrow. Uh, given that's a high profile one, but that's fair. But I mean, you saw how Trevor and ETN worked in Clemson. They were great together. National champ. Yeah, so I th- I don't see why Trevor wouldn't lean on his guy, and regardless of what the coaches say, I mean, at the end of the day, make your quarterback happy, you know. At the end of the day, that's your franchise quarterback. They drafted him one overall. Um, he's the most talented quarterback to come out of college since Andrew Luck, I'd probably say, uh, mm-hmm. absolute freak. Um, so I'm excited to see the stack there, see how it pans out. James Robinson, it will come back. But uh, I'm still on the thing that, like, I don't think ETN needs any more than, like, 14, 15 carries a game and still hit, like, six, seven catches and still be a very productive fantasy running back. I think he has DeAndre Swift potential. Yeah. And yeah. I, I guess when I see Brees Hall play, I see, you know, I see a Matt Forte type build. That's how I that's how I view Brees Hall. Matt Forte was catching 100 balls a year. Yeah, but like I said in college, he never caught over 40. So you don't know the full pass catching ability until you get to the NFL and you get that scheme working. So I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with what I see. So fair enough. Um, that wraps it up, boys. Um, this or that, we got uh, – next week we're going to dive into uh, Frankie and Ryan's favorite position. Um, this will be the wide receivers. Um, actually, that. yeah, it's it going to be a gonna be a hell of a time. Uh, wide receivers are fun to talk about, but that's more their forte. Uh, other than that, um, just a couple things. If you got anything to mention, uh, there was a lot of controversy when it came to this podcast. It was actually a fun debate for a lot of these running backs. Uh, if you got any, you know, comments, anything you want to say about your running backs, any – Anything, any sleepers you got, anything like that, drop it. Uh, we had a couple comments um, on a couple of videos and some Variety Sports Number guys commented. So we'll get to them at uh, for our next podcast. We'll answer them before we start the wide receivers. But everybody, you know, other than that, we're out. <laughs>